while we remain standing, would you open your Bibles, please, to 2 Kings, 2 Kings. Way back in the Old Testament. Just checking. 2 Kings, chapter number 19. 2 Kings, chapter number 19. Second Kings chapter number 19. One verse this morning and then we'll make our prayer. Second Kings chapter number 19, verse number 30. I will read it out loud. If you'll read along with me silently, we'll read this together. Second Kings chapter 19 and verse number 30. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward. Father, thank you for the Bible. Please, Lord, we as your children, this would be you speaking to us as your children, you being our father, we ought to obey. We ought to give good listen and then yield because you're the father, we're not. Help us, Lord, please, to yield our soul, our spirit, our life to you this morning as we hear a truth. Let me be of some help to your people. Father, help me, please, to say and do what needs to be said this morning as if Christ were here. Lord, I'm sorry I'm this kind of a representation of you, but you're the one that chose this way. So please help me to help your people that it may make sense, that they may grasp the truth. Help us please this morning. We'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. From the guilt that I carry 
set free. For when I met Jesus, he made me complete. He forgot the foolish man I used to be. at how quickly we get used to things that used to excite us or bring pleasure to us, like a song. Amen. When you first heard that song, you went, that, that's a good song. That's exactly the way I felt about things. Amen. Now it's like, huh, heard that before. Um, we, you know what that means. Everything has to be constantly new and better, more exciting, or we get no response. Church, may I instruct you again. You do not come to church and amen and sing because you feel it. You do it because it's right. Amen. And the longer we do something that's right, we begin to feel Amen. what we're talking about. Okay? Just a little bit. Second Kings chapter number 19, verse number 30. If you'll look there, I want to pull out a phrase in there. Second Kings chapter 19, verse number 30. Second Kings 19. Now, this is talking about Israel, but I want to, I want to bring out a truth. I, I, th I think uh, a lot of the things that Christians don't understand, they feel things. Right or wrong, they feel them. They uh, can read. Most of us can read, and so that's okay. Problem is, we do not live our lives by truths and principles. Now, we may come to an altar and have a good season of prayer. We may actually come to an altar somewhere and get saved. The problem is, we do not understand life for the Christian in this world. And because of that, as soon as we leave a place like this, we get right back into trouble again. Our Christian life ends up not having much effect or much meaning in this world, and we can't understand why. So I want to help you with that a little bit, Christian. So I'll be talking to you this morning. I want to pull a truth out of here about this. Look at that verse, chapter 19, 2 Kings, verse 30. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah, and I understand it's talking about Israel and the Jews. I got that shall yet again. Now, there was a time when they produced a lot of fruit and they were walking with God and things were going their way and God was taking care of things and everything they touched seemed to flourish and then it all fell apart. But God said this, ready? He said, Judah shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward. I, um, he, he used to work for a tree company, not just 
used to cut down trees and climb them and do all those kind of cool things. Uh, great big ones, by the way. And uh, so he would know this better than I would. But from what I understand, if you've ever observed a system of a tree, you'll find out that under the ground, uh, the foliage there and the taproot is normally, taproot is what goes straight down on the, I don't mean like it goes like this, you know, it goes down. And it's the big root in the middle. And then you have all these uh, other roots that come out from there. And on a, I don't know about a fruit tree or that kind of thing, but, uh, or a, I'm not talking about a shrub, but you'll find out that the roots are as big, if not bigger, than the tree itself and the foliage. It'll go out that big. There's a lot of reasons why they say that is. But I want you to understand all these numerous roots and this taproot uh, that's underground has everything to do with the tree above the ground. Are you listening to me? So what happens, this is a great lesson for Christians to learn some things from. For example, developing a strong, ready? A strong unseen life has everything to do with having a strong seen life. We can learn this from nature, trees in particular. The Bible says that man looketh upon the outward appearance. God looketh upon the heart. Man looketh upon the seen. God can see that, but what God's really concerned about, I'll tell you why as we go on, is the unseen in a person's life. The majority of Christians today are very superficial. Don't take offense to that, it's just true. We're more concerned about what man sees than what God sees. Just stop and think about it. I'll prove this here in just a minute. I'm going to try to. Someone has said most Christians are an inch deep and a mile wide, meaning that we know a million little things and not much about any one of them. Thank the devil for the little thing we have in our hands now. We know billions of facts now we don't know what they do or why they're there. We just say those kinds of things. So what happens is we, we, we are a generation which thinks it's more important to dress well than our soul be well. Is my, does my tie look okay? Is my, is, my, is my collar right? Is my belt fitting right? Is my, my, do, I, do I look? We're very concerned about that. We seem to think this generation does have what, what uh, it's more important to have others think we know the truth than to really know the truth. This is the generation you are growing up in. We seem to think it's more important to have the appearance of godliness than to truly be godly. This is why people respond like this. You, you don't know if I'm doing anything wrong. What am I doing wrong? See, it's the appearance. We're really concerned about the appearance instead of what's really going on. To be the center of attention than to draw attention to the center of all things. It's just the way we are. This seems to be our outlook in life. So what am I saying? Most have become so concerned about appearance that we are neglecting severely that which isn't seen at all. Even nature will tell us you cannot bear fruit upward if you first do not bear root downward. Christian, you're no different. Listen very carefully what I'm getting ready to say. We must begin now to rearrange our priorities. Church, listen to me. Don't take this the wrong way. I'll not always be here. If you do not start getting root downward, 
and stabilizing yourself in the Lord and get that great root system going out, I will tell you why this is so important. We need to quit being so superficial about preaching without power. We need to quit being so unconcerned about persevering without prayer. Well, we'll make it somehow. Well, we'll get through it somehow. Well, I face things like this somehow. Your perseverance is very good, but you're doing it without prayer. To win the lost without power. You say, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. I, my, when we first started our church, most of my church was unsaved. They thought they were. Thought they were saved. They're out winning other people to Christ. While they're telling others on how to be saved and how to know it, they convicted themselves. And they come back to the church in the storefront and said, with tears, and I mean brokenhearted, Preacher, you won't believe us. I was talking to this person at the door, and it just dawned on me, I'm not even saved. So a lot of times we're actually trying to win the loss without power. Be victorious without walking with the victor. Yeah, you wouldn't believe how good things turned out. You wouldn't believe how good things turned out. You haven't been walking with God, but we give that appearance. To be heavenly minded without having our minds on heaven at all. Folks, listen to me. We need to rearrange our priorities. We somehow, we're superficial. We say that we believe the Bible without knowing the Bible. How many people say this all the time? I believe the Bible. And they don't know anything about the Bible or very little about the Bible. We seem to think that it's the outward appearance more than the heart's condition. We seem to think that it's the foliage on the tree that's important more than the root system of the tree. That fruit is more important than the ground and the root that the tree is in. We seem to think that it's what's in the showcase window than what's in stock. You ever go someplace and or maybe online you order something? Now they show this nice picture. They show a price. They give a description. You, you know, I, I think I'd like that. Then you order it and they go, sorry, out of stock. Isn't that discouraging? You just told on yourself. We as Christians are that way. What you see in the showcase, in the storefront, online, this is all I've got. That's a shame because Christians are not supposed to be that way. Is it the whiteness of our shirt or the whiteness of our heart that we should be most concerned about? Honey, I've got a stain on my shirt. How about your soul? How about your soul? Is it the fellowship with each other or the fellowship with God that matters most? Amen. Now, I'm not trying to divide one. I'm just trying to tell you which one's important first. Is it the quoting of Scripture to win a prize? Or is it the writing Scripture upon the tables of our heart to keep us in step with God? Which one is more important? Having man think well of us or God thinking well of us? To carry a Bible and know it or to know our Bible and forgot to pick it up this morning? Is it the class of people we run with or the character of persons we are? Take root downward. That was first. And bear fruit upward. Let me give you some thoughts here this morning. Church, listen to me very carefully. Number one. What you do not see should take priority over what you do see. What you do, now, all of this is going to kind of lead you to the wrong conclusion until we get farther into the message. I'm not doing that on purpose, it's just the way it came out. What you do not see must take priority over what you do see. It is not the fruit 
that you see that's most important. It is the root that you do not see that's most important. Without the healthy what you don't see, you're not going to have much good what you do see. Did that confuse you? Let me say it again. Without healthy what you don't see, now you're going, boy, I don't get this. Okay, hang in there. I'll try to explain to you. You will not produce much what you do see. Root downward, fruit upward. You and I will not last long in our living for God down here and produce fruit that will remain, which is what's important, if we do not begin to pay attention to what is not seen so that what is seen will be taken care of. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm, I'm trying to help you understand something. Jesus said, when thou prayest, go into thy closet. That's not seen, right? That's what he said to do, in secret, thy closet in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret, that's the unseen, shall reward you openly. That's the seen. So which comes first? The unseen. That which is not seen produces that which is seen. Are you following me? Starting to make sense? Okay, listen very carefully. If a fruit tree is not bearing fruit in its season, go ahead and spray it for bugs. Go ahead and paint all the brown leaves green. Go down someplace and get the best artificial fruit you can find and hang on the tree. That's not the problem. What you're saying is I'm more concerned about what people see than what's really going on. Are you following me? Very, very important. Number two, what you do see pictures what you don't see. What you do see pictures what you don't see. Now, in your mind, you're going like this. Well, I think that's good, right? When you see large, red, I, li I like apples, uh, red delicious in particular, uh, but I like them when they're crunchy. You know, when you buy them, they start, you got juice running down your face. Okay, you understand? Uh, when you see a fruit tree with red apples on it and large and, 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 and just, I mean, that's a perfect looking apple right there. And you see that tree loaded down with that. What you see are the results of what you can't see. You see? Do you understand? What you're actually seeing, the results of that is what you don't see. Is this making sense to you? If the root which you do not see is deep and planted in right soil, it will produce the results because of what you can't see that now you're looking at. You cannot have good fruit and bad root. You cannot have bad root and good fruit. And vice versa, it just won't work. One produces the other. You can't say, I have good fruit, but the roots are bad, or I have bad roots, and that's why the fruits are... No, 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 no. You are producing and showing what's going on underneath. Turn to James chapter number 3, after the book of Hebrews, way up by Revelation. Hebrews... I'm sorry, right after Hebrews, James chapter number 3. James chapter number 3. I want you to look at verse number 11 and 12. Again, to reiterate the truth I'm trying to explain to you, we, we really have become a very superficial, uh, uh, look what's in the mirror, don't I look good, I'm not doing anything. That's the kind of Christians that many are becoming. 
We're really concerned about what other people see in us. You say, well, preacher, shouldn't we? I'm not done with the message yet. James chapter number 3. Look at verse number 11 and 12. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Now, you would automatically go, no. Okay, so you understand that. Watch what else it says. Can the fig tree, he goes on and says, bear olive berries? Fig tree bears figs, not olives. Okay, so no. What it is is what it's producing. He goes on and says, either a vine, figs. Vines does, do not bear figs. That's on a tree. You have to understand what he's saying here. Even nature is saying what a, what a tree or a vine really is. That's what it's going to produce. If it is not healthy and it doesn't have a good root system, it's not even going to produce that. What we see in each other's lives, for the most part, for the most part, is a picture of what's going on inside of us. Eventually, what's really in you is what's going to come out in you. You've seen a person under pressure. Somebody asked me one time, actually it was, it was your husband, Dan, uh, when he first came here. He said, well, he said, well, what do you do when you smash your finger with a, with a hammer? Don't, you, don't some cuss words come out at once? I said, no. He said, now everybody does that. No. Whatever's in you is what comes out. If sweet water's in there, bitter water can't come out. If bitter water's in there, sweet water can't come out. What the root is and the nature of the tree, that's what's going to come out above. And in its season, that's what it's going to produce. We have to understand. It's, it's a picture of what's going on inside. Bad attitude outwardly is a bad spirit inwardly. We blame it on circumstance. Well, if they hadn't have said that. And that no, that's, what, that's you. That's you. That just brought it out. You can't bring out what's not in there. You mean to tell me you can get bitter water out of a sweet well? No, you're going to get out of the well what's in the well. Amen. Guess what you're going to get off a fig tree? Figs. Oh, I was looking for watermelons. It doesn't work that way. So what happens here is this. Hate your brother inward, outwardly. The Bible says you don't love God inwardly. That's your problem. So if we pay more attention to what's going on inside... We could pay a whole lot less attention to what's really going on outside because what's not seen is producing what is seen. Even nature teaches that kind of things. You can't bring yourself to give outwardly. You're either very fleshly or inwardly. Your heart's not in this work. Wow, that got, did you hear how quiet it got? I even heard the wind blowing a little bit there. So, number one, I'm simply saying, trying to give you an outline. What you don't see must take priority over what you do see. Number two, what you do see pictures what you can't see. Number three, give instruct, I'm sorry, give attention to what you do not see. Give attention to what you do not see. And you'll not have to give much attention to what you do see. Give attention to what you don't see. And you'll not have to give much attention to what you do see. If you act real confused right now, you're not thinking along with me. This makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Even from a fruit tree, even from a regular tree, until it comes to us. 
and then we're all the exceptions to the rules, right? Some folks get so frustrated. Preacher, I've tried and tried to fit in around here. I, I, I've tried to get along with people. I've changed everything in my life. I, I've changed my hair, my dress, my speech, my habits, almost everything. Yet it feels like, it feels like I'm striving to fit in and change. And you'll blame that on everything except what's going on inside of you. As though we're the ones that put fruit on you. No, you do that all by yourself. What you do not realize is if you would give more attention to that which is not seen, that which is seen will naturally take care of itself. Why do I have to do this? And why do I have to do that? And I don't think this is necessary. Yet you want to fit in. You know, it looks real odd when you have an apple orchard with a banana tree in there. You know what you're going to spot right away? It's a banana tree doing in the middle of that orchard, right? I had a kid here one time. Every time he turned around, he's doing something wrong. Every time he turned around. And so I go, hey, don't do that. What are you doing over there? Would you please get back here? He was like the banana in an apple orchard. So he'd go home and told his parents, I was picking on him because he was a banana, so to speak. So their parents decided to examine me. Pay attention, fellas. Wasn't that funny? Pay attention to me, and guess what they found out? You're picking on our banana tree. Your banana tree is in the middle of an orchard. Why isn't he, after all these years, starting to produce apples like he said that's his true nature is an apple tree? If you're an apple tree, you're going to produce apples. If the root system is good, you don't even have to strain. There's no way you went by an apple orchard and heard, oh, come on, oh, well, no, that. no straining, just natural. It just takes care of itself. And the same thing with being a real Christian and letting everybody know it. You would not have to strive and pay attention near as much to what is showing if you'd simply allow that good root to take place down inside of you. Turn to Matthew chapter number 23. Matthew chapter number 23. First book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 26. An example of this would be this. Am I going to have to set a lady down between you guys so you behave? Okay, good, wonderful. Um, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Now, these were really good, outward, clean living, tithing, temple going, reading scripture, even getting other people to join into what they believe type of people. Actually, in their day, they were the top of the religious rung. These were, when you looked at them, you said, now that person is godly. Okay? Watch what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 23, verse 26. Thou blind Pharisee. Christians, we're not supposed to be this way. We're not supposed to be blind. We are not supposed to be. So he instructs them what their true problem is. Understand. They wouldn't even, some of them wouldn't even step on a bug for a fear of, of breaking the commandment, thou shalt not kill. Some of them tithe off of every, every little seed. What do you say, 19? That belongs to the Lord. Some of them would fast twice a week. Look, we don't even do that. Watch what he says. He says, thou blind Pharisee, cleanse, next word, first, that which is within Wait a minute. Okay, let me get this right. Cleanse first what's inside. Watch what he says. The cup and the platter, 
that the out that the outside of them may be clean also. He didn't say clean the outside. He's actually instructed them, you clean the inside, the outside's gonna be clean. Christian, listen to me. We are trying way too hard to look all shiny and new. And yet it just keeps coming out what's really inside of it. We can't figure this out. Boy, I'm trying so hard to fit in. I'm trying so hard to get along. I'm trying so hard to adjust my life. And it just doesn't make sense. The problem is you're concentrating way too hard out here. Preacher, shouldn't we pay attention? Listen carefully. You take care of that which is unseen. The seen will take care of itself. Why? Because what's actually in you will come out. And that's the problem. What's actually in some of us is what keeps coming out. If the root's going bad, the fruit will be skinny and puny and rotten and not much. Christian, you pay way too much attention to that which is seen, very little to that which is producing what people are looking at. Number three, number four. You ready? You bored with this already? I'm going to come here. I want to have fun. Okay. Number four. Those who do what you do not see, never have to worry about what is seen. Okay, this, this is not mind games. I don't like them either. This is to help you think about what possibly is going on in your life. You keep trying so hard to fit in and, and make things the way they're supposed to be, and that's what the preacher said, so we better do that. And, and yet this, this bad water keeps coming out of the fountain because what's in the well is coming out in the bucket. You understand that? I said those who do what you do not see never have to worry about what others do see. When a Christian has his spiritual taproot, if you would, down deep, when he has planted himself, as the Bible said, by the rivers of waters, so everything's good so far, when all is right between his soul and the Savior, all worry and concern about what people may see just goes away. Because what is important is God knows, God sees, and I'm right with him. When that happens, whatever's in the well is coming out of the bucket. Whatever the true nature of the tree is, is going to be shown in its season. Understand what God is simply saying here. You're starting to pay too much attention to that which is being seen like it matters what people, and that does, it does matter. But the outside will take care of itself if you pay attention to what's on the inside. Example. People who run around saying, what do you think he thought of me? Why did the people, a preacher mention that? People will think it's me now. I'm very concerned about people. Uh, by the way, when I preach, most people think that. They look around like, they're going to think this is me. Yeah, Ty, you're exactly right. I, 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 hope, I hope when I said that, they took it the right way. You hear people make these excuses and talk all the time. We're so worried and concerned about what others see because we have not been taking care of what is not seen and is starting to show. Those who do, I'm sorry, those who do what you do not see, nobody sees, but it comes out that something is going on inside. You understand? Number five. Oh, look at us. We're almost done. 40 more points and we're out of here. We're like that fat lady crawling underneath that 
barbed wire fence. A few more points and we'll be done. Now, <laughs> verse number five. Wow. Ty, did you get that? That was good, wasn't it? Okay, thank you very much. Number five. Those who do what is not seen, you do not hinder what is seen. Please just follow the thinking here a minute. Do you know the Christian who causes the most problems among God's people are those who are not taking care of the unseen? And it normally comes out when something's going on. When you do that which is not seen, you will never be a hindrance to that which is... By the way, that which is seen is the body of Christ, the local church. Amen. The Bible says uh, in the Bible, the body of Christ, the church. Amen. Okay, talking about the local assembly. People who pray do not hinder what is being seen. So what's happening, folks, what's going on out here and what people are beginning to see is a revelation of what's going on inside. Oh, that's not really me. So you can get bitter water out of sweet water? You can get figs off a pear tree? I don't think so. Oh, it's really not me. Yes, it is you. It is you. So what happened? People who study do not hinder what is seen. The people that, other than young Christians, it's people who will not listen constantly to what I'm teaching, which is Bible. You always have a question, not about whether it's right or wrong, but does it apply anymore? You skip church, you don't read, you don't pray, and you have all these questions mostly about standards and separation from the world. Right? Why can't I wear my swimming trunks to church? Well, first of all, that's just gross. Now, take a good look at yourself in the mirror before you come here. People now are dressing in such a way, and guess what? There was a time when moms and grandmothers would let their daughters, their teenage daughters, wear their pajamas to church. Their pajamas. No, okay, look at you. Oh, that's terrible. Guess what the mom says when we went back and said, I'm oh, sorry, we can't do this. It's not proper. Well, I thought you folks overlooked people. Like I should be allowed to do whatever I want. And if you stop me, you don't love me. Now, see, I hit certain points and you agree. I hit other points, you go, I don't know. Right? Okay, so what happens here is simply this people who give themselves to obey the word of the Lord. You ever talk with Brother Usher or Mrs. Mullins? Miss Mullins, you in here? No, she's teaching. You ever talk with Brother Usher? Brother Usher's been here like 400 years or something, long time. And he'll say this all the time. Here's what he does. I've never disagreed with you. You know how he does it. Preacher, I've never found anything wrong with you. Now, are you kidding me? You've been here this long, didn't notice anything that I do that's not right? Do you know what he's showing? What's inside of him. It comes out in you because that's what's in you. It comes out of him because that's what's in him. Are you, are you listening to me? So what happens here is simply this. Those who hinder the scene. Help me out. Thank you, fellas. I just lost you. That was not planned. 
Those who hinder the seen are those who say they do these things, but they don't. Those who hinder a local church are those who say they do these things that I, even I'm talking about, but they don't. You say, how do you know that? Because of the fruit that's being born is an obvious root problem and a nature problem. Psalm 119, 165. This, this is a verse that almost seems unbelievable. Ready? Psalm 119, the largest chapter in the book of Psalms. 119, verse 165. You ever notice some people go through problems and you're going like this, does that bother you? Well, yeah, it bothers it. Did you know what they said about you? Does that, does that irritate you? Yeah, it irritates me. But watch what it says. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Okay, wait a minute. Nothing shall offend me. Why? Because I love his law. That comes first. I love his law and what he says, the instruction he gives, and because of that, I don't get offended. Not up to me. Vengeance comes from the Lord. Doesn't come from me. Listen to me now. It comes from the Lord. My job is I love his law. God said he'll take care of it. So I'll go on about my business and do what God told me to do. The way you get so offended, first of all, we live in a snowflake zero generation. And you have been taught that you are owed everything and nobody should say anything that should offend you, even if you make stuff up. Why are you so easily offended? Even Christians nowadays. Well, I just don't think that's your problem. You're not thinking. And to be honest with you, it's what's going on inside is showing outside. So 119, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. When you're right with God in the unseen work, you will not hinder that which is seen. How can I be walking in right with God on the inside and causing irritation and strife on the outside? That's impossible. That is sweet water and bitter water. It just does not happen. But we're so concerned out here, we've been neglecting what's going on on the inside. Number six. Walk, I'm sorry, work on the unseen and you won't have to work much on the seen. We need to get back to working on the spiritual. We need to get back to working on our soul. We need to get back to working on what causes us to be bitter and angry and puffy and, and vengeful. We need to get back. All that's on the inside. It'll come out eventually. But it just, it just keeps like a volcano. Uh, my wife and I, I knew a lady one time that, that acted like a volcano. You, I mean, you could see it coming. You know, Mount St. Helens, if I remember that, is long before most of you were born. And uh, it was just, and they said, it's getting ready to erupt. And man, when it did, it covered half the United States. I mean, it's terrible. It wasn't like there wasn't any indications. There was. By the way, there are all over the world right now. We're not paying any attention. And uh, so what happened was all of a sudden it just fumes and then, and then smoke and then a little bit of lava. And they saw it coming. And it just kept swelling and swelling and swelling. And if you watch the video in slow motion, the whole side of the mountain just blew out. When it was fed up with what was going on inside. 
you do know it's wrong to gossip, yes? Whether it's true or not. Right? Tellbearing is against the Bible. It's a sin. Right? Actually, gossip and tellbearing is referred to as being evil. Evil is worse than just your average sin because now you include other people in on your sin. All right? Well, there was this person we knew, happened to be a woman. Sorry. Um, and when she would find something out, you could actually watch her squirming. I mean, you could see Mount St. Helens building. I, well, I won't. I won't say anything about it. And just kept spewing lava little at a time until finally, I can't help it, I just have to tell you something. And did said, yeah. And then immediately apologized. I probably shouldn't have said that. You know why she kept doing that? She did it, by the way, all of her life. All of her life. Never did stop. Do you know why? Because that's what was going on inside of her. Mount St. Helens does not blow if nothing's going on inside. A tree does not produce bad fruit if the root system and everything is the way it's supposed to be. Are you following me? When I pay attention to what's going on in here with my spirit, remember, God talks to our spirit. God communicates with our spirit. That's the unseen. And that is supposed to then work out your salvation. That's the seen. So it starts in here and comes out here. So whatever's going on in here is coming out here. There's no way to fool it. That's just the way that it works. So we find out here, I'm afraid that we've got the cart before the horse. We have preached so much on don't do this and don't do that and don't look that way and don't go that way. We become very concerned about the outside. Actually, we pendulum a lot. We pendulum. We go way over here. Well, I need to cut my hair and dress right and wear a tie and have a dimple in my tie and, and make sure I carry a pen and King James Bible. And we, we got it all down. We look like little puppets. And we forgot about the spiritual. Or people go like this. God's concerned about my heart, not what I'm doing in the world. So we, now we pendulum all the way over here. God knows what's going on. By the way, do you understand the statement you make when you make that statement? God knows my heart. Think about what you just said. You're using it as an excuse for what people see. What you're actually saying is, God knows the real truth no matter what I say or anybody else says. So, this is what happens. We are more concerned about the seen than the unseen. We're more concerned about the outward appearance than righteousness. Righteousness comes inside and produces a righteous work on the outside. We're working way too hard out here on something that should be natural fruit bearing, should be natural apples. Quit hanging artificial fruit over and go, what's wrong? But you see something wrong? There's nothing wrong with me. Yes, there is. And it's going to get worse all the time. We can't put on all we want. I'm sorry. We, oh, we can put on all we want. But eventually... It's going to start producing what's really inside. And that's going to be a shocker. Work on the unseen and you will not have to work on the seen. Number seven and I'm done. See if this makes sense. The greater the unseen, the greater the seen. Make sense? Okay. The healthier an apple tree is, the more it will produce. And in there also is the Lord said when people produce, he's going to prune. My dad used to have, you may remember this, when we lived in Hilliard and my dad was still at home, he liked um, 
a vining roses, you know. So he'd put up like a um, um, chain link fence from the from the side of the house all the way down, and he'd have beautiful roses, beautiful roses, and they grow up and just everywhere, just gorgeous. And when I was a little kid, I used to watch this, and I used to think, man, those are pretty. Those are really nice. Every fall, he cut all the way down to almost a nub in the ground. In my thinking, in my childish thinking, I thought to myself, what a waste. If you left it up, it already has a head start. No, because it produced so well, we're going to prune it. Uh, apple trees, you can't just let uh, limbs grow everywhere they want to. If you do, you end up with a whole bunch of little apples. So they go in, go, ahead, go, go to a fruit farm and watch what they do. They will prune it down. It looks like you have six or seven big limbs. That's all you've got. You know why? Come springtime. It begins to produce, and when it produces, it produces a lot of apples. Red, delicious, crunchy, good apples. You know why? Because first of all, they made sure the taproot and all the soil was the way it's supposed to be, and then they pruned it to produce the best apples it could produce. And this is what God does in our life. God said, I know you're doing good, and I'm going to help you do even better. So what happens here is this. Number seven, the greater the unseen, the greater the... Let me give you a few examples of what I mean by that. When you see well-behaved children out in public, you haven't seen any? Okay. When you, when you see well-behaved children out in public, what you're actually seeing is what happened at home in the unseen before it came out in public. Right, parents? You go like, yeah, they don't do that at home. First of all, I'll never buy that. You give them a bowl full of, or a whole box full of cereal, set them down in front of their game, right? And you see, they're so good at home. Yeah, well, we're not watching a movie. You're not going to play your games, and you're not eating in this auditorium. You say, well, they only act up when they come here. Okay, have a, try something, okay? Let's try having them set down at home just because it's good to sit down sometimes. They will throw an ever-loving fit, and you know it. That's why you give them all that stuff. So instead of training them to be more concerned about what's going on inside, we just keep aiding stuff on the outside. And we can't, okay, so all I'm saying is that which is seen, people come here sometimes and they'll look at our little kids which are all out back or next door, and they'll come here and they look and they're all dressed and they're, now watch tonight, they'll show up like slobs. Uh, they're all, they've had a long weekend. Uh, they're, they're all dressed and they'll sit down here and they look like little men, little ladies and everybody. They just, look at those kids. It's, it's like going to Walmart. You go to Walmart dressed like this, people stop and stare. What, is this a special day? I mean, wow, you sure dressed up. Like it's a sin to be dressed up. I, I think it's a sin to go to Walmart, but other than that, there you go. Now, another example. When you see a spirit and an atmosphere and a unity in a local church, you are seeing decades of unseen work done in people's lives. That doesn't just happen all of a sudden. That takes a long time to pursue. That which is not seen is going on in the background, and you come in here and go like this. It is nice in here this morning. You notice how many people shook our hand and how many people, the laughter, this is really nice. It, that doesn't happen this weekend. That's been, that's been worked at for years of time underneath where you didn't see what was going on. Then you come here and see this and go, fruit. 
juicy apples. Look at this place. This is wonderful. Another example. When you hear a great moving Bible sermon, not like this morning, I'm just teaching you sometimes. When you hear that, you say, boy, that was really good today. You think that happened just today? You are looking at decades of time of prayer and study and someone giving themselves to learning about God and setting themselves aside for that sermon. The unseen, the hours spent in a study on your knees, research, all these different things, all of a sudden comes out to one message and you go, that was pretty good. So what you finally see, if you would, is created by all the unseen that you didn't see at all. Are you following me? Another example. When you hear a Christian sing a song, like Brother Mullins did this morning, and I'm saved, yes, I'm saved. And you go, wow, listen to that voice. Yeah, he just started singing this weekend. No, he didn't. Brother Mullins has been singing since he was a little kid. And he's learned, he's watched, he's listened, he's studied, he's practiced so that this morning he could sing one song so you could do. But you see, it had no bearing on because that's what he is. That's what he does. That's the fruit that he bears for all the unseen that you saw. Someone has said one time, it's true, preparation, preparation before presentation. What you don't see before it's seen. You follow me? One must hide seed in the ground before fruit can be seen. Okay, you're used to going over to Lowe's and, and buy the whole tree, right? You take a seed. I'll, I'll tell you what's amazing uh, is um, walnut trees and oak trees. How can a little seed produce something that gigantic? I mean, it is gigantic tree from a seed. Sunflower. You even know what a sunflower is? Yeah, okay. It's not like they grow downtown Columbus. A sunflower. One of the smallest seeds in the world is a sunflower seed. Really, really small thing, about like that. You put it in the ground. You go by a, a sunflower field. Wow. Look at all those yellow heads over there, and they must be on stalks seven, eight, nine foot tall. It's amazing. You know why? Because what was under the ground and what naturally was in that seed is what produced that sunflower that you now see, that oak tree that you now see. This is the way things are. Roots must first go into the ground before the tree comes up and starts bearing fruit. The Bible says in another place, humility before honor. So you learning genuinely from your heart how to be humble before you deserve honor. Honor and obedience to Christ is an automatic something that takes place from the inside out. You can't fool God on this. So Christian, we do a lot of pushing. We do a lot of, a lot of trying and struggling. And I understand the flesh and the spirit. I got all that. But sometimes I think what's happening is we're really, really, really trying to put on so much and we know it's really not us. We really don't like it, but what are you supposed to do, right? That's not going to work. One last place and we're done. Psalm 139, middle of your Bible, Psalm 139.
Psalm 139. Once you get there. David knew this truth. King David knew this truth that I'm speaking of this morning. He knew it rather well too. Watch what he says. Turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Once you get to Psalm 139, find verses number 23 and 24. Watch. Ready? Now you ever tell somebody, look, you don't know what's going on inside of me. No, but you do. Oh, by the way, I know somebody else does too. God. And remember, he looked on the heart. Remember that? Not just the outward appearance. He can see that. But he said, let me tell you something. That's what men see. This is what I see. It doesn't mean he can't see that, but men can't see your heart. I know my heart. Yep, trouble is I'm not, I can't see your heart. Well, I have a right spirit. I can't see that. You don't know my intentions. You're right. So how would I know what kind of a person you are? What I see, right? Look in Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Unseen. Unseen. Try me and know my thoughts. Unseen, right? Takes place in here. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Unseen. You follow me? Then watch what he says. Lead me in the way everlasting. He's not talking about being saved. He's saying, now that I've got things right, lead me now. Like, like I have everlasting life. Like I, like I have new life. Folks, we're still living like part of us really don't want to do this. I don't blame a lot of people. I, you know, I, I dread to think about kids that grow up here. This is one thing that I've got to keep that school open. I cannot imagine kids that have always been in a Christian school having to go to a public school. That would be like taking a domestic animal of some kind, a kitty cat, and turning it loose in Africa. Well, it's from the cat family. It'd be okay. No, he'll die. Absolutely be torn apart. Has no idea. The nature has been changed. Listen to me now. I've often wondered, reverse the whole thing. You take a child and put him in a public school where they force you to think things that are ungodly, abominable, not right with God and you better do it and a Christian kid has to put up with that take that take a child from a public school and bring him into here and every time they turn around go don't do that no God doesn't like that we don't do that here that's not proper to do they feel like they're this caged animal that's being forced to do things that goes against their nature Christians do the same thing well that's just not me but if that's what God wants, it could be you. See, we need to start working on the inside. And when you start getting spirit and heart and mind right with the Lord, you're going to find out. I was just talking with Socks because uh, their anniversary is coming up this weekend, this week. And uh, I told her, I, I was getting ready to put notes in my Bible to present the, uh, the uh, marriage ceremony. And when I, did, I used the same Bible. So I went back and the notes from the, the last wedding we had here were still in there which wasn't really their wedding. It was a redoing of 10 years of their wedding. And I thought, she'd, she'd like to see this because I make comments in there, you know, like I do. And so I went downstairs and she's standing there and I said, Socks, I think you'd like to see this. What's that, preacher? You know how she's cheerleader. Yay. And I said, look at this. I don't think she got through most of it. And tears just start dripping off of her face. And she said, your husband's not even in here. She said, preacher, oh, there he is. I love my husband so much. He's just so amazing. I just love him so much. Now, see, you think, what's the big deal? You don't understand where they started, do you? You don't understand. 
So what happened was, then she said this, watch, on her own. This is what happens when you skip a lot of church. She doesn't. She and her husband don't do this. She said this, preacher, that thing you say about just walk with God and keep trusting, and as you get out here, you look back and go, it's true. It worked. But she said, people don't stay long enough. Man, I've never heard that before. I had to start using that line. Folks, you can't come one or two weekends or a month and say it's not working. You take, you take an apple seed, put it in the ground. I promise you, for months, nothing's going to happen. So dig it up and throw it away. It's worthless. No. Is it in good soil? Did you plant it right? Give it some time. Let the nature that God designed have its way. Harsh winters, nice summers, water, dry times, sunshine. And one day, whoop. Honey, come here. That little tree we planted. There is a tree. When we lived over on the trees I planted, um, is that Cherry Creek? Village Park. We lived over there. There were no trees. And uh, so I went and actually, <laughs> they had a, you ever see people have these half um, um, wooden crates, like like barrels, barrels, and they'll cut them in half and plant flowers in them? You ever seen people do that? Yeah, they rot out after a while, so don't do that. Now, so when we moved in, they had one of those. There was nothing in it. But there was one twig about this tall with two big leaves on it. I mean, the leaves almost made the thing fall over. And I thought to myself, we don't have any trees. So I went over to Lowe's and got a uh, um, um, red maple tree. And it was, let me tell a story. Uh, They didn't know what it was. And so I, I actually, it was small enough, I took it home in my car. A few years later, I have pictures of it. By the way, ladies, you'll see it on sometimes your handouts. You'll see this. That's, that's, that was our backyard. This little cottonwood tree, which I never should have planted, it had a twig. And I told my wife, ah, if it lives, good. If it doesn't, no big deal. Oh, it lived. And probably just about five or six years. That sounds like a long time. This thing was gigantic, and it covered most of the backyard. And I thought to myself as I watched this, that is amazing. All I did was plant a little thing about that big, one twig, one, with two big leaves about that big around, hanging off of it. But in time, because that was its nature, what was actually in it kept coming out. And boy, did it keep coming out. And that red maple, most beautiful tree you've probably ever seen, gorgeous tree. In the fall time, it turned a bright red, and I mean, it was straight, and it was, it's just, I do such a great job. Anyway, and so, uh, please understand what he's saying here. In verse number, you're welcome, Ty, verse number 23 and 24, David said, Lord, search me. You mean David didn't know himself? There are things inside of you you ignore. There are things inside of you you don't want to admit. So David's saying, in case I padding things a little bit, in case I'm overlooking things on purpose because I I like this or I don't like that. He's saying, God, I'm giving you the right. Search my heart. I want you to point it out to me. I want you to tell me what's in my heart. Help me to know the real me. Help me to understand if there's any wickedness in me at all. God, I might lie to myself. I know my own heart. The Bible said the heart is desperately wicked. No man can know it. We lie to ourselves a lot. That's why the word of God, no matter what you think of yourself, 
tells you the truth. It's like a mirror. I don't like looking at myself in the morning. I prefer looking at myself the way I think I am. Full head of hair, right? Enough of that, right? But when I look in the mirror, I go, you're really old, aren't you? In the morning, it's even worse. I mean, everything's sagging, right? I, tie, that's enough. Eyes are puffy, skin is sagging. You look in there, belly's hanging over everything. You think, this is terrible. I think I should probably be dead by now the way I look. Then I walk away from there, and I, yep, ready to face the day. You know what changed? I'm not looking at the real me anymore. People are choosing churches based upon what the preacher's telling them is not really there because he knows they don't want to hear it. I think you need to hear it so that you can do things you're supposed to do. So what's it say in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 30? Take root downward and bear fruit upward. You want to produce things for God, live a life that amounts to something. I mean, bring forth something that really makes a difference. Quit paying it. That group doesn't like it, and they, they're not fond of that. And I don't think they're fond. Uh, you know, I, look, look, look. Just live in here. Ready? Don't make stuff up. What God wants, and you can stop worrying about this. It'll begin to produce what it's supposed to produce as a born-again Christian, and you're going to be okay. Take root downward. Bear fruit upward. Let's pray. Father, thank you.